Radio Rounds, the podcast series from St. Louis Children's Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome. This is Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing helpful apps for busy physicians. Joining me is Dr. Tosin Adeanju. She's a Washington University pediatric hospitalist at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Dr. Adeanju, thank you so much for being with us today. Explain a little bit about why a physician may want to incorporate app usage in their daily practice. What do these apps help with? Hi, Melanie, and thank you so much for having me today. Um, I would say, honestly, it's the same reasons that we use apps for everything else in our lives. The same way you use an app to figure out you know, where to have lunch or how to make a reservation is how you want to use apps in your daily practice clinically to get things happening faster and to have up-to-date information. Um, A lot of the apps have connections to things like the CDC and the AAP and also calculators for formula that you know you learned in medical school, but you can't remember off the top of your head because you don't use them that much. You have easy access to those as well. So tell us how you're using them and what are the most popular physician apps that you like to recommend? So... Physician apps really come in multiple categories, and I like to recommend a few different categories of applications that I think are particularly helpful for physicians on the go, whether in clinic, in the emergency department, on the inpatient floors. The first type is what I call point-of-care resources. So these are the apps when you see, for instance, a rash, and you can't remember exactly if that rash looks like what you remember any other kind of rash. Does it look like numular eczema? You're not really sure. Instead of trying to figure out from a computer or whatever else, you can pull up your phone and go, for example, to UpToDate, which is one of the apps. Most physicians are familiar with UpToDate as a website and as a service, but they actually have an application that you can use. And you pull it up on your phone or your tablet. You can type in whatever it is you're looking for, and bam, you've got it right in front of you within seconds. I've actually pulled up the UpToDate app in front of parents when I'm trying to convince them, say, that this rash I'm seeing is actually a morbilliform rash and their kid has mono and doesn't need the amoxicillin that they were prescribed for potential sore throat. Um, You can also use these apps to look up, say, treatment guidelines. So for instance, the CDC has an STD treatment guideline application that they update as the guidelines come out. The most recent ones, I believe, were in 2015. And if you download that app and say you're seeing a child with or an adult with an STI and you're trying to decide what antibiotic is the recommended and more importantly, how many days am I supposed to give this for? Because I know it's different from what I use as thermicin for other things. You can pull it up right on your phone. It gives you not only the treatment guidelines, it can give you testing guidelines and it can give you things like, let's say your patient is allergic to the first line treatment. Here are some other options that you can use. Um, another type of of point-of-care application that I'd like to recommend are more of the point-of-care calculator apps. So MDCalc and Calculate by QXMD are two type of apps that have a lot of just guidelines that have been operationalized so you can use them to calculate. So for instance, if you're an adult emergency medicine doctor and you're trying to remember how to do a well score or you're trying to have a medical student or a trainee do a well score, they can pull up the app and look at it. And not only does it have input the data that helps you calculate their score, but it also has the resources to figure out how they calculated it and what the scores mean. Or say, for instance, you're a small town urgent care and you're seeing a kid who kind of sort of matches appendicitis, but you're not completely sure if you should test them or not, you can pull up the pediatric appendicitis score, plug in their symptoms and see, okay, well, 
if I do blood work and it's positive, then this may actually guide me towards doing imaging or not doing imaging. My other favorite thing about both MDCalc and Calculate is it has things like eating disorder scales, depression scales, the type of things that you use maybe infrequently in certain practices, but they're not, but they're helpful because they're actually validated scoring scales that you can use to determine, look, this, I'm concerned about this child. They might be depressed. I've made them fill out this depression scale or this Vanderbilt for ADHD or this eating disorder scale. And it really just validates that concern. And it's something, a communication tool you can use when you're talking to the psychiatrist or whoever else about the patient. Another type of app that I like to recommend that is also at the point of care is sort of medication apps. So most of us have probably heard of either Hippocrates or um, Lexicomp, both of which have medications with the indications, the doses. It talks about dosage forms, which is really helpful as a pediatrician as I'm trying to figure out, is there a tablet small enough for this child who really doesn't want to take a liquid? Um, it gives you the dosing for different things. So the dosing for amoxicillin for strep throat, for instance, is different from the dosing for pneumonia. And I know, for instance, for myself, I have a hard time remembering what's the max dose for pneumonia because most of the kids I see with pneumonia are small. But when you're diagnosing a 17-year-old and you're trying to remember what's the adult dose for amoxicillin for pneumonia, I can't always remember that. I pull up Hippocrates or Lexicomp and bam, I've got that covered. Um, a, there's also applications that are particularly useful if you have patients who are trying to figure out which med is covered by their insurance or which med is cheapest at what pharmacy. Formulary Search and GoodRx are two applications that are really useful for that particular thing. So as you know, as I said, you can see, and I can go on and on about this, there's sort of apps at the point of care, at the bedside, that can immediately help you take care of your patients and can help you give your patients information moving forward. Wow, what a comprehensive list. You certainly do know your apps. So Dr. Adeanju, are there any HIPAA concerns with any of these apps? I mean, they're pretty well generic and anonymous, but are there any that are not? Not the ones I'm mentioning. There are some applications that have some more patient information storing. I don't talk about those apps very much because I personally haven't done a lot of digging into their HIPAA compliance. And I want to make sure that I'm recommending things that you don't have to worry about that for. So all the apps I mentioned don't ask you for anything specific to your patient. At most, you might be asked for the age of the patient for helping you figure out or their weight for helping you figure out dosing of medications. But I will say there are some applications that maybe, for instance, I remember as a medical student, there was an application that was supposed to help you keep your patient list intact so you can get patient information at your, at your fingertips. And those applications do have pages to talk about how they manage HIPAA and stuff like that, but I really don't use them. One of the applications that can have HIPAA concerns is um, if you use an EMR such as Epic, I believe both Epic and Cerner have iOS and maybe Android applications on your phone or on your tablet so you can look at patient lists remotely. And both of those have multiple layers of protection, including having to log in with the same username and password that you would have to use with your institution. I know most institutions that use Epic or Cerner also have sort of extra steps on the back end to make sure, I know our institution specifically has two-factor authentication to make sure that not only are you logging in with your username and password, but also that you can only use the application on a device that has already been checked out and has already passed the two-factor application. But for the most part, honestly, I would say if you're a small hospital, if you're an independent clinic, for instance, using those applications can be a little bit more challenging just because most of the time those are applications that 
you may or may not know to trust. But if you work at a big institution, as long as you follow the instructions and the guidance of your IT department, you can make sure that the HIPAA concerns are not to be not a problem. But the apps that I mostly mention are apps that you don't put any patient information in in the first place. Well, thank you for that answer. And what apps are physicians recommending for their patients as far as wellness and and nutrition? There probably are so many. What do you like for physicians to recommend to their patients? So I find in general that, again, comes down to who are your patients and what do they need. So one group that I recommend an application to a lot is teenage girls. Every physician who's ever seen a teenage girl has had this problem. You ask them, when was your last period? And they look at you. And then they look at their mom and then they say last month and it's April 15th and you don't know if last month is March or last month is actually end of February. So I recommend all of them to download a period tracker to their phones. Both iOS and um, the Android OS have multiple types of um, period trackers that you can use. A lot of them are attached to fitness trackers, such as the Fitbit app. I know the Garmin Connect app also has a period tracker. There's an app called Very Astutely Period Tracker. Even the Apple Health application has a period tracker. So most of the time I give the children a few options and then I say, just pick one. It really doesn't matter which one. Every month, plug in the day you have your period just so the next time someone asks you, and it helps them too because then they can look and make sure their periods are regular and they can notice if there are patterns. Um, Another type of application that a lot of physicians can recommend to their patients is the CDC has a few different applications for this. There's a milestone tracker that the CDC has that can be really helpful for parents in between well checks to see what should my nine-month-old be doing. There's an application by the CDC called Heads Up, it's about signs and symptoms of concussions, which I know is something that's of concern to patients. Parents, a lot of the time, when you have a kid in a football game who gets beamed and loses consciousness for a few moments, that's not confusing. What's confusing is when your four-year-old like is running, slips and falls, and hits the ground, and you're trying to figure out, am I worried about a concussion or not? Do I really need to go to the ER or not? The Heads Up app is something that can help parents make that decision. There's also an app called Travwell, which helps families who are planning to travel internationally, figure out what things do they need to do. Do they need to get a health screening? Do they need to get extra shots? Do they need malaria prophylaxis, for example? I know the um, St. Louis Children specifically has an application called Kid Care, which gives a lot of information about both well and sort of routine illnesses for parents as far as things they can do at home, when to be concerned. And then another application that I know we have specifically called Surgery Connect, but other big institutions also have similar applications that are specific to, for instance, a child who has an outpatient surgery planned for next month, their parents can log into Surgery Connect and they can see all the pre-stuff that they're supposed to do to make sure they're on time for their, for their surgery. They know what the NPO time is. They know what lab work maybe needs to be done prior to. They have information for connecting to their doctors. There's also an application, this is a particularly useful one for families, um, for moms who are breastfeeding called LactMed. Lact like lactation and then med, one word. It's by the NIH and it really goes through as much information as we have for what meds are safe for moms who are breastfeeding to take and what meds may or may not cross into the breast milk. Wow, what a comprehensive list for physicians to recommend to their patients as we wrap up. Dr. Adeyanju. What would you like other physicians to know about the benefits of using these helpful apps that you've discussed in detail? And it's such an interesting topic and can make their practice 
just a little bit easier as you wrap up. Please also mention, we've seen a lot of physician burnout lately. If there are any apps that you feel might help physicians with that as well. To the first question, I would say, honestly, I think it's the same as everyone has the one family member who resisted getting a smartphone because they just didn't want to deal with it. And then they got it and it made certain things easier. Right. It made remembering phone numbers easier. It made finding where the nearest grocery store or flower shop is easier. It's exact same thing here. If you're a physician who's busy, who's running around and who's occasionally seeing things that you don't see very often. So for instance, the general pediatrician doesn't usually need a resource to remember how to dose amoxicillin for an ear infection. They do that 100 times, 200 times a month easily. What they might need though is when they see an odd rash the first place to start to figure out where do I go from here? And I will tell you right now that my job as someone who works in the hospitals and in the emergency departments has been made so much easier when I see a rash and it kind of sort of looks like the description I remember of something, but then I pull up the picture right on my phone or right on my iPad and I look at it and I look at the child and I show it to the mom and we're all like, yep, that's what we're looking at. Nobody's worried anymore. We know where we're going from here. I would say it makes things faster and easier once you know how to use them. And I will also say, Knowing how to use them is not hard. Most of these applications know we don't have time to mess around. Most of these applications are not about spending lots of time trying to figure out really complicated user um, interfaces. I will also say burnout is obviously a multifaceted thing that lots of lectures can be given on. But I will say that one of the things that's helpful about applications is that whole making things easier and faster and streamlined. So for instance, task management is something that's really important for physicians. Figuring out both household tasks and work tasks can be really complicated and very quickly get messy. So if you are someone who likes to do lists but always loses the piece of paper you wrote them on, look into the vast world of to-do lists on your that you can have on your phone. Tick, tick, to-doist, Microsoft to-do. There's one called Remember the Milk. Um, there's one called Any Do. This is just a small listing of to-do lists. And then if you want something more complicated, there's some that are more project management based. Um, Slack, Asana, Trello are some examples that you can look up. And the best thing about these is, as I mentioned them, if you remember and you Google one of them, you will get not only a big list, but also pros, cons, which ones you can use and why. I will also say that there's a lot of wellness type applications. One that I always that always comes to mind for me is one called Headspace, which is a meditation slash wellness app. There's another one called, I believe, 10%. These are all applications that can help you just spend some more time being mindful during your day. I know the day gets really crazy sometimes and you realize you haven't sat down or had a quiet moment. And for instance, I have a Fitbit that sometimes will tell me to sit down and take two minutes to breathe because I've been running around for too long. So these are applications that can very easily be added to your life. If you want things that are more complicated, there are apps that have, for instance, yoga, um, or more sort of in-depth mindfulness things that you can also look at as well. If you are a Fitbit user, I recommend very strongly downloading their app and spending some time on it because a lot of the things I've just mentioned specifically relating to wellness are integrated on that kind of application, which at the end of the day, having six apps that do one thing or that do six different things, but having one app that can do five or six of those things is even better. Thank you so much, Dr. Adeyanju, for coming on. What a fascinating topic and a great segment. You have so much great, usable information for physicians that can really help them, not only in their practice, but in their daily lives. That concludes this episode of Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. To consult with a specialist or learn more about services and resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, please call the Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. Or you can visit stlouischildrens.org to learn more about this and other healthcare topics. 
please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other St. Louis Children's Hospital podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole. Thank you.